up, guys? We are back again with another episode of Real Talk, where we talk about today's issues through God's word. I'm your host, Freddie Hart, and I'm here with my other host, Gideon Jagra. And we have a special guest for you guys today. We have Hunter Story here. Hunter is actually going to be our keynote speaker at Legacy this year, 2021. So I'm going to kind of let Hunter just talk about his testimony, and then he can kind of talk about what that scripture kind of means to him. So Hunter, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for uh, having me on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Legacy, and I'm looking forward to our time together today. I, I appreciate it. For people who don't know, me and Hunter actually went to school together, and we have a mutual friend yeah. named Blake Fine, and Hunter would come into the dorm to hang out with Blake when it, I was like right after football practice, so I'd be this big guy laid across the recliner, knocked out sleeping, and he would just be chilling in the room with Blake. So, so Hunter's yeah. seen side. Hunter's seen sides of me that, like, I guess other people haven't seen. So it's been it's been cool. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit. I know your story for the most part, and I remember that you you guys were involved in a ministry at um when we were at Shorter that took place at night. I don't know if you. I know that I, we saw Blake speak sometimes. I know you spoke sometimes, and it was kind of cool to see you guys in that landscape because. I know that sometimes Sunday morning was hard for college kids, so it allowed them on Sunday nights to still get a message, but for them not to necessarily feel like they had to be in that everyday cycle. So sure. kind of talk about how you grew up and just give us a little bit of your testimony. Yeah, so I was raised in church. My uh, dad was uh, a pastor. Uh, he unfortunately passed away um, when I was three years old of, of cancer, but uh we grew up, um, me and my brother grew up in the church and uh, mom continued to take us to church even after our dad passed away. That was a huge, uh, faith's just been a huge part of my family. And so I am just blessed. Uh, some people might not consider it blessed, but I consider it blessed that my uh, parents placed such a priority on uh, putting me and my brother in church uh, at an early age. And so uh, I found Jesus at, at, a, at a young age and I'm just uh I can't tell you how grateful I am that I had a, a mom who was like dedicated to making sure we were in church um, no matter what, because it, that's, that's what changed my life. And so uh, overall, you know, some people that have that experience have a negative, you know, church experience. Mine for the most part has been a very positive church experience. And that's kind of part of my love just for the local church now is um, I've seen uh, for me, just the positive of what it brought to my life and, and for our family. And so, man, I'm super grateful uh, for what the local church has meant um, for me uh, and just for, for what it does for so many people. And so uh, I grew up in church. Um, uh, like I said, I started following Jesus uh, at a young age in elementary school. And um, man, ever since then, just been trying to figure out what it means to really have a relationship with, with Jesus. And so now I think um, from my story, uh, I was about six years old when I decided to follow Jesus, but it was until like 16 years old that I was really fleshing out, you know, what that meant for me and uh, what um, that, what I really thought about that and what it really, I guess what the difference was when I turned 16, 17 is when I started to begin to understand what it really meant to have a relationship with Jesus, not just uh, believe in Jesus. Um, and so so wait, stop there. That's a great okay. point. First off, Hunter didn't tell you something cool about him. Hunter has an identical twin. I do. <laughs> that they used to play jokes on me because I saw one time, I think he was, he was at Shorter, and I saw Hunter in my dorm. I guess he was waiting outside, and I saw the guy outside, and I was like, okay, this isn't true. Like, I've never yeah. seen, I've never seen, like, 21-year-old identical twins before. But that's a cool, interesting yeah. fact about him. What's funny is uh, he used to work at uh, Chick the Chick-fil-A across the street from Shorter. Right. I remember so, uh, I remember. People, that. I remember one time going into class my freshman year, first semester, and someone was like – it was one of my professors. He was like, 
were you not just at Chick-fil-A? And right, I was like, exactly. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm in your class. And so, exactly. Did he go to Shorter too? He did not. No, no I was about to say, he went to UGA, right? He did. He stayed in, he stayed in Rome for a couple years uh, and then right. transferred to UGA. Right. Uh, so he right. was there a little bit in and out. Yeah, so you just said something, though, about having – say what you just said about the relationship part. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I went on a roller coaster journey that many people go through of where you, it's, there's a difference in, you know, believing in Jesus um, and understanding what it means to live in a relationship with him. Um, and so, man, I went on that battle, which, like I said, I think many people uh, do, and I'm thankful for, you know, God's grace in that journey. But, yeah, I think there's just a huge difference between those two things. What would you say the biggest differentiator is between those two? So I can um, take, take, for example, my wife. Like, somebody can know about my wife, but they don't know my wife. You know what I mean? They, they, they like, see her on Instagram, um, and so they see, like, the cute pictures she posts on her story of our new cat and, and all that stuff. But they don't know, you know, the fight we had the night before, or they don't know even right, even the exactly. other part. They, they don't see how she supports me and serves me uh, behind the scenes and whatnot. And so, and that makes a huge difference. And so, to, to relate that to Jesus, we can believe in Him to like make ourselves feel better, or we can know the peace and the love and the joy that we experience by by having a real life relationship uh, with Him, where we talk with Him, where we spend time with Him, where our life is fully built around his word uh, and his, his plans for our life. And I think those are just worlds apart. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our culture that uh, they'll talk about Jesus or say they know Jesus because it makes them uh, somewhat feel better. But, but man, they're missing out on what it truly means to like live every moment of their life in a relationship with the God of the universe. Yeah, that's, that's a deep statement. And then I'll also throw in the fact that I know his wife too. She also went to Shorter. And mm -hmm. she's just a ball of energy. She's one of the most energetic people I know. So yeah, she I mean, it's a great. She's a big. She's a big Freddie fan. So she's a big. Right. Big yeah, fan. yeah. Yeah. We were. Yeah. We were real good friends. And so, just both of you guys. I mean, it's great being around you guys. You can feel the godly presence around you guys. So, it's so awesome to reconnect on this level. So, you get saved at sixteen, seventeen. So then you're in ministry. So kind of talk about how you made that transition. Because like I'm not in full-time ministry, Gideon is, and you are. So I always like to hear about how people make that transition from really, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go work a job like everybody else, hey, I'm going to take a different path. And basically, yeah. Jesus is going to be my boss in the office and outside of the office. Yeah. So kind of yeah. talk about that, because I think that that's pretty cool. And going, and going back to the fact that like uh, Blake was my roommate, and it was cool to see like two guys who like knew that ministry was really their calling. So kind of talk about how you got there and how you where, when you felt that calling kind of hit you and you felt like you needed to take the leap and do it. Yeah. So not shortly after where I told you guys around 16 or 17, where I really felt like, you know, God was just inviting me into this deeper, more authentic relationship with him. Um, as that, as that next summer, I went to a summer camp and, um, just throughout that camp, um, I never had like a huge one moment where I felt like oh, God's calling me into ministry. Mine, and it's still, this is still, I feel like how God, you know, uh, really speaks to me in some ways is more through like uh, prompting questions like, could I speak on stage or could I lead this, this group or could I lead this mission team that's going out to do this or whatever? And so um, it, it, there's just this curiosity that God put in me through just like 
wondering, hey, could I, could I do this? Is, is, is that something that's for me? And even to relate that now, like in life, as I'm processing decisions, I feel like that's some, somehow, like, sometimes how God speaks to me. And so it was just through like a series of like questions and curiosity that God put in me. Uh, and there was a big moment going back to my mom and just the influence that she's been in my life. Uh, after that camp, I was sitting down and I was sharing with her some of the things that I'd learned at camp. And uh, I was uh, reading some scripture to her and, and talking about some of the big points from some of the messages. And uh, she just looked at me and said, this is right before my senior year of high school, and said, um, do you, do you, would you ever want to do ministry? Um, and I guess my dad had done ministry. Um, I guess I knew it was a possibility. But I, I say this, to, especially to a lot of young people. Um, I think some people just need, it's almost like they need permission to know that, that's some, that ministry is something they can do. I think people uh, sometimes think it's just not an option uh, for them. And I guess even though my, my biological dad was in ministry, I just never really considered it until really, well, God put it on the radar, but he, he used my mom in a big way to do that. So after that conversation with my mom, I went to my pastor, my youth pastor, and a couple of other um, godly leaders that our family knew and just kind of asked them uh, about their call to ministry and just asked what they saw in me. And, and, and several of those guys just affirmed what I felt like God was kind of leading me towards. And so I just said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to kind of throw all my Plan. I was going into my senior year, and so all the plans or ideas I had, I threw them out the window. And uh, instead of looking to apply to UGA, I was applying to schools like Shorter <laughs> because yeah. of what, what it offered and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, God just totally like changed my plans, and then I just started serving um, at my church, uh, and I just went from there. And that's kind of what my story's been from that moment was just saying yes to the open doors that God put in front of me. And when God puts an open door, if I feel like it's something I should step through, I just say, yeah, I'm going to try it. And that's kind of by, by his grace, it's, it's led me to where I am today. And so I remember my, my pastor, uh, when I was eight, 18, just had just graduated, uh, offered me an internship. And then that just led to more and more opportunities just by saying, yeah, God, if you called me to it, then I'm just going to have to trust you. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's real cool. So, you talked about your upbringing and your call to ministry. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a scripture we're going to use for legacy. When you hear the term living sacrifice, when you read that verse, and don't go too far, don't go too in depth yeah. because I want, I want them to sit, I want them to have to come to legacy to hear a lot of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But what do you, what, what's the first thing, what kind of comes to your mind when you hear Romans 12, 1 and 2? Yeah, man, I love those two verses. And uh, as I've been just kind of reflecting on them, uh, as, as I get ready for, for legacy, there's so much there. And so one thing I'll say is if you're coming to legacy, uh, bring your Bibles, because we are going to unpack that and we're going to dig. And it's, uh, there's so many connections in, the, in, that, in those two verses that uh, I need to make in my life. And I think so many people need to make. But I think the biggest thing when I think of being a, um, a living sacrifice, like I said, when you go to the, that verse, there's so much uh, there. But for me, what, what that's really meant is that all of my life, not just one compartment, all of my life can be used by God and for God. And so I think what happens too often is we, um, we compartmentalize like our life. So for example, uh, I have school and then my job and then my family relationships and friends, uh, might, might have a sport or a club that I'm involved in or whatever. And we just kind of compartmentalize every little different thing instead of seeing that. Uh, and then, and then our faith is over there too. Like our faith is just a compartment of our life. And, but what it truly means to be a living sacrifice is that I'm bringing all of this together, everything that I have, everything that's in my hands, I'm, I'm bringing it to God. 
um, and, and trusting that he's going to use me uh, through that. And then what I love about living sacrifices, uh, and we'll talk about this, we'll unpack this a lot more at Legacy, is that um, a living sacrifice is different than a regular sacrifice. Because usually when people bring a sacrifice, they bring something that's dead. But when we bring our sacrifice to God, we're bringing our lives and we are fully living. We come to the altar alive and we leave the altar alive. And um, it's a, it's, it's a different, it's a game changing uh, idea to think about that. I'm bringing everything to God saying, God, would you, would you use this for your glory? Would you make yourself known? Um, and I'm just going to let my purpose be about that. Well, Hey, I appreciate it. Like always, we're not going to keep it too long, but I will say this, that when it comes to being a living sacrifice, it was part of the reason why I recommended you to Gideon. Because like, I, look, I grew up in church. I went to Shorter and there's a lot of people who they claim they want to do ministry and then they walk out of the doors and you can't tell the difference between them and somebody of the world. But just me having some gratitude towards you, like I really appreciate the fact that like the way you carried yourself, the way you talk to people, it always, you always had like that loving godly spirit when we were at Shorter. And so that's from my perspective, when I hear living sacrifice, that's one of the things. So I appreciate that about you for sure. And I'm super excited to, for you to uh, come to our church to tell us, these kids some more about Romans 12, one and two. Yeah. Thanks so much for saying that, man. That, that means a lot. And I can't wait for legacy and uh, just been uh, thinking through that, that verse and, and all that's there. And I think it's going to be a powerful weekend. Well, you guys heard it. So listen, if you're interested in registering for legacy, Go ahead and click the link in the description and you can register there. So like always, this is another episode of Real Talk where we talk about today's issues through God's word. Have a great day. And God bless.